Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe in the Dallas Cowboys. I am Jeff Cavanaugh from 97.1 The Freak in DFW. I am alongside my co-host, the great and powerful former Cowboys wide receiver, Jesse Holly, per usual. Oh, Jesse Holly went 77 yards. It must be a reality show. That is audio of Jesse doing something very good against the 49ers, which the Cowboys <laughs> did not do over the weekend. But we are joined by a very special guest, three-time Super Bowl champion, the great Daryl Moose Johnston. Hello, Moose, and thanks for joining us. How you doing, Jeff? How you doing, Jesse? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for being with us. Ah, my pleasure. We yeah. were talking about something a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> you know, just 27 years, uh, you know, three Super Bowls in your 10 years with the Cowboys. That must have been a lot of fun. We're just going to wait patiently for the next one. Uh, and eventually it's going to show up. Um, as you watch that game, it's it's the talking points that come out of the Cowboys when the season ends. I feel like a lot of them are kind of uh, on repeat when it comes to the quarterback and the owner. So I want to start with a fill in the blank question for Moose. Cowboy fans should be blank that Dak Prescott is their quarterback. It, it was such an uneven performance this year. I, I think the the big word that would come to my mind, if you got to pick one word, unsure. You know, I just, I mean, that, gosh, when he is on, he is on. Um, and he's got everything that you would want from an intangible standpoint. And he's had that since the day he walked into the building. I, I just... The interception thing was really difficult for me to kind of figure out this year. We had them against the Bears and actually got into that conversation because he had that same middle of the field throw that was being intercepted. And he came out and did the exact same thing in that game. And there was a little bit of understanding, maybe because I've got confidence, confidence in my wide receivers to go get that football. Maybe they weren't on the same page. But this one was more, no, th th there's like three guys there. Um, he may be able to go make a play on it, but I don't know if he was really all that open. It just seemed like too tight a window to throw into. So I think for him, he's just, he's got to start to realize, and he said it post game last night, there's certain things that I just, I have to stop doing. I have to stop putting our team in a position where it, it's, it's a negative. And, and he had two big ones yesterday. That, that first half is where they lost the game. They should have been, they should have been up going into halftime. Uh, potentially by double digits. And now you stress San Francisco with Brock Purdy to make a comeback in the second half. When they go in with the score that it was at halftime, they're just going to come out and be San Francisco. Hey, we're going we're gonna to line up. We're going to run the ball downhill. We're going to take time off this clock. We're going to limit your possessions. And they're going to make it hard for you to get back in the game. And you know, you know, Moose, when you talk about, you know, the, the relationship between offensive coordinator and quarterback and, and and you played for the great North Turner back in the in the 90s. I look at Kellen and I look at Dak and it's it's that more of a peer to peer relationship than a coach to player relationship. Is that something that you see in those two working together and can Kellen Moore get the very best out of Dak Prescott? Or have we come to a place where you might need a new voice in Dak Prescott's helmet to elevate his game to the level that he needs to get this team over the hump? Yeah, that, that, that's interesting, right? Because I hadn't really thought of it when you talk about peer-to-peer, -peer, but you can go right to Green Bay and go Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, and, and they found a way to make that one work. 
uh, never got over the top, um, but but had some really, really productive seasons. So uh, my big thing when we talk about what's going on offensively, what's your identity? It, it, it seems gimmicky to me. You know, I'm a big hang your hat guy. Um, you get into a tough situation. What do we hang our hat on? Uh, when we need to win a game, what do we hang our hat on? It's about matchups and you're, you're trying to create those during the course of the game to take advantage of what your opposition does. But you got to have that hang your hat component to your offense. And I really don't know what it is right now. And it's been a while since I think a lot of Cowboys fans have known what it is. And, you know, to me, the greatest example is that that last play. I mean, what is that? What are we doing? Yeah. Really? <laughs> We're going to go full gimmick. I know. Listen, the Stanford band's not there to help you out, but what you were trying to do, it, 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 hey, line up in a traditional formation. You know, San Francisco is going to play you way off the ball. You got five seconds. You can get eight to 10 yards and give your quarterback a shot to get it into the end zone on a Hail Mary with, with a second left. Try something that makes sense more so than putting Ezekiel Elliott at center. Yeah, so Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, you heard no. what Moose said. Yeah, Jesse, Jeff, you heard what Moose said. We'll talk about this later, Jesse. I know what they wanted to do. They just did what the Cowboys have done for 27 years, and they didn't do it right. <laughs> but uh, I love that uh, you now also have a perspective, not only as a player, as a broadcaster, but as a guy who you have GM experience now. When you look at I remember Jerry before last week's game, they talked about why they did the offensive line they did. And he, it was basically saying, we knew it was going to be Dak that was going to have to carry us. So our identity was going to be, we've got to be able to pass protect and throw the ball, knowing that that's kind of where this league has gone and that that's kind of what you wanted to do. When you put your GM hat on and you look at what they came into the season with and the great season that CD lamb had, and there is no number two receiver. Was that a flaw from the beginning or just unrealistic expectations on what Gallup could do coming off of an ACL with the Moose GM hat? Is that the wrong identity? Was the Amari Cooper thing a mistake? Take me down that path of the weapons because the weapons left on the team's left are incredible. And yeah. The Cowboys have CD. The, the Amari Cooper thing is just, you know, the mismanagement of the cap. Um, you know, you, you, you got to make a move because if, you, if you're anticipatory with your management style, you, you know, things are coming. Did you have something that could help you out? And, and I think that that's what was the driver there. You, you know, the history of ACL recoveries and, and don't look at Adrian Peterson as your benchmark. Hey, he's going to be back in six months. No, that's Adrian. That guy's a freak. So what is traditional with an ACL to really expect Michael Gallup to be at full strength? And that's early, mid-October. Where was Noah Brown in the beginning of the season? I mean, he's like one of my favorite guys on the team. Does all the dirty work. Look how many teams take that guy, that position, that cracks the end of the line, that blocks the safeties, and uses that same look, and, and all of a sudden there's Noah Brown 35 yards downfield because he does do all the dirty work. It, they, they never maximized a position that virtually every team in the NFL that's using that style uh, with that type of player on the outside is giving him chunk plays, you know, a couple opportunities during the course of the game. To me, Noah Brown should have been the guy that held down the fort until Michael Gallup got back. Um, and, and a lot of people don't talk about getting rid of Cedric Wilson last year. Everybody talks about Amari Cooper. Cedric Wilson was a big loss, too. So that that together was the one that you knew that that position was not going to come out of the gates as, as strong. If you're going to build it, like you said, the O-line's got to pass protect. We're going to win via Dak this year throwing the football. Well, shoot. 
Tyron goes down week one. You came into the year thin at your wide receiver spot. So what are you going to do now? And that's what I'm saying. You can't make that decision. You have to have that hang your hat component. Hey, when we came into the year, we thought we were going to pass protect and throw it and use Dak to win games. That all blows up in week one. Okay, at least we got this. At least we can hang our hat on this one here. And they just they haven't had that really, you know, since you know late teens, where we knew who we knew who the Dallas Cowboys were. When you talk to the defensive coordinators getting ready to play them, you know, as a in our production meetings, this is what we've got to stop. This is the one thing we can't let happen. That's when you know you have a good team is when the defensive coordinator knows exactly what he has to stop and is nervous that he's going to be able to stop that. And Dallas just doesn't have that right now. Believe in Cowboys, we're joined by three-time Super Bowl champion Moose Johnson. Moose, you know, we talk about the windows of the opportunity, opening and closing. And it's, you know, as a fullback, you understand, hey, when that hole opens up, I got to get through because it's going to close pretty quickly. When you look at the way the league is transforming and how uh, free agency works and how team building works and all of those things, I personally said uh, last night after watching that game, the Cowboys window of success is now closed and they have to start looking at how to rebuild this thing. Um, from your perspective, from a player, from now in a GM type of situation, looking at the Cowboys, is that window still open? Is it cracked? Is it wide open or you know, are we are we flirting with that thing being slammed shut? Uh, it's it's kind of if, if, you, if you get an opportunity to be around those ones where you have the electric the electric blinds and you hit the wrong one and it starts to go down, you can stop <laughs> and kind of raise it up again. Uh, I think that that's where they are right now. Um, it's starting to close, but I think they could stop it and maybe if if not get it going the other direction again. At least pause it. Um, they've got a lot of talent on this team. Um, they had a they had some adversity this year that they had to fight through. It's just to me, it's the inconsistency. Um, I mean, Washington at the end of the year followed up by Tampa Bay in the wild card round. Somebody explain that to me. Um, yeah. You know, Green Bay in the fourth quarter, Minnesota Vikings. You know, forty to three. Somebody explain that to me. Uh, I just don't know how they swing on these huge performance metrics where it, it, one week it looks great. And then a week later or two weeks later, you're, you're wondering who you're watching on television. So, you know, that, that for me is, is one of the big things I've become a much bigger believer in the window theory. I used to not believe in it, but when these teams hit that franchise quarterback and they recognize it early on and you got Mahomes and you go, okay, we got four years to really make a hard run at this. But what Kansas city does is they reinvent themselves. They know who their identity is or what their identity is. They go out to fill the void of players. You lose Tyreek Hill and you're more explosive yeah. the following year yeah. through a tight end. Okay, that's that's people who know exactly who they are, exactly what they have to do. And they're getting better after signing the second contract for Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, the Chargers are wasting an incredible opportunity with the talent that they have out there. Uh, that's where, for me, the window has become – you know, a, a big thing. And and I, I do believe that Dallas wasted a huge opportunity with the window because they knew Dak was their guy early on that, that rookie contract. And there was an opportunity for them to maximize it there. It's going to be interesting to see what San Francisco does with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. You know, it might be who gives us the biggest window. Um, you know, that, that could be one of the deciding factors and who's going to be the starter next year. We got to wait and see how they finish, but you know, John Lynch is going to have a tough decision to make, you know, through the course of the offseason. A lot of draft capital spent on getting Trey Lance. But if this kid takes you to the Super Bowl and wins, you, you got a, yeah. you got a lot of tough decisions to make. So, 
what maximizes that window? And that, that's where I've become a big believer in it is when you find that young quarterback and, and you watch Cincinnati. Man, Cincinnati's going to be all in here for the next couple of years. And, and who knows how they, they pull it off when they get there. It's, it's already impacted Buffalo. You know, you're starting to lose that ability. And I, I've always gone back to that quarterback that wins the Super Bowl in his contract year wants to be the highest paid player at his position, the most expensive position in the NFL. What happens to that team? The next couple of years, they go off the edge. Yeah. They can't pay the swing tackle. They can't pay the dime corner. They can't pay all those supplementary positions that are critical. It's just as important as a group that you won that Super Bowl the year before, but now you've taken away all the cap space to keep those guys there. So you got to go out and bring in lesser talent and build the chemistry all over again. And it's going to take you a couple of years to do that. So that's that's where I started to really sway to that window when you see those rookie quarterbacks uh, on that first contract. How do you think that the Cowboys should handle what's happening at running back? And I think about it because I think it ties back into your identity. I think once upon a time, Ezekiel Elliott was a big part yeah. of that identity as a top five pick that's always going to get the ball, that's going to get you four and a half to five a carry. But that guy is a running back in the NFL. And that becomes uh, got a lot of miles. You get banged up. Now the young guys are a little more spry. Zeke's big money. Tony Pollard's a free agent unless they want to do what it takes to keep him. How do you play that? Well, I, I think what happened yesterday really kind of throws a wrinkle into it. Now you got uh, you know you got a pretty tough offseason for Tony Pollard getting back to to where we have really enjoyed watching him play the last couple of seasons in in, in a in a role that's that's unique to him. Um, you know, I mean, how many of the fan base has been you know clamoring for for him to get more touches? Yep. And, and we finally do it. And, and now, you know, now now what are we going to do moving forward? I, I think it's going to be a real hard decision on Ezekiel Elliott. I, I, I do think that you look at a lot of teams and in the situation Dallas was in, do you give him that big of a second contract at that position where you look at San Francisco? And this goes all the way back to Mike Shanahan. Man, they're just rolling guys through there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kyle Shanahan has had a different leading rusher every single year in San Francisco, and none of them have gone over a thousand yards and yet they're going to their third NFC championship in four years. There's a different way to do this. And, and it's, it's hard because the way the game has changed, you know, the, the Derek Henry's of the world are, are few and far between and, and you've got to land in the right place. That's, that's going to buy into that and, and really kind of build off of that. Most of the teams are very, very diverse it needs to be running back by committee. They're all looking for that certain style guy. They're not looking for the Ezekiel Elliott when he was drafted here in Dallas because that's not really the identity that we talked about that a lot of the teams want to carry. They're not going with that featured back. They're not leaning heavy on the run. It's a lot of mix with a quarterback who can you know, stress your defense with, with a lot of opportunity in the zone read scheme, RPO schemes, things like that. So you've got to be able to pass protect. You've got to be able to be a viable receiver on the outside. And we're seeing a lot of these two running back sets now. You may have to be a pretty good lead blocker or at least not afraid to go in there and, and kind of try to dig somebody out. So I think the the requirements for the running back position have, have changed dramatically during the course of Ezekiel Elliott's time with the Cowboys. Moose, man, we appreciate you, brother. We don't want to take up too much more of your time, man. Thank you for joining us. And, Jeff, I don't know if you, you caught the theme. If you want to be like Moose and I, one, become a Cowboy. Two, 
Get you a picture for your background, okay? Get get you a picture for your background, like 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 Moose and I. If you if you if you want to be a part of this thing any further, you got to get you a picture for your background and become a cowboy. All right. Yours is printed on a piece of paper. His that's is a- okay. That's okay. This is what happens when you're when you're a free agent and you get off a reality TV show to make the roster. Yeah. That's what happens when you have three Super Bowl championships. I give you the better part. I always I always cover up the best part. So there's the. Look at that guy. Hey, how many times did Emmett lead block for you? Uh, I think three. <laughs> Do you remember how many yards you got on those plays? Uh, I had to bounce outside, and that, that, that that's never a good thing for me. Uh, Moose, thank you. I mean, uh, I don't know how our people at Believe got you booked, so I don't know if there's anything you want to promote or throw out there or if this is kindness of your heart. Are you, You're still involved with the USFL, right? Yeah, yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting ready to to kick off here. Uh, April fifteenth is our our first week, so we'll uh, have a little bit of an overlap with the XFL. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're we're making a pretty bold jump in year two. So I, I mean, everybody knows last year we had all eight teams down in Birmingham. So we're actually gonna make some announcements here over the next seventy two hours and really expand our our footprint around our our teams in the league and. You know, the biggest thing for us was, yeah, we, <laughs> we had a lot of people in the stands when Birmingham was playing, but when we had uh, Pittsburgh and New Jersey playing in Birmingham, Alabama, the, the turnout wasn't as good. So <laughs> that was the one negative from a lot of the fans that watched on TV. They loved the production. Um, you know, NBC and Fox have committed to it again uh, and, and are putting us on bigger bigger platforms. We're more on the network this year than we were last year. So that that notoriety, that recognition for our guys uh, was was really helpful. Uh, but we had 52 guys go into a training camp uh, after our league. Obviously, Cavante Turpin is our our star story. Um, I mean, Pro Bowl, All Pro, um, you know, just just an unbelievable transition for him. So, you know, we're hoping to have that opportunity. But I think we actually had 13 guys on 53 man rosters at the end of the regular season this year. Wow. So, some really good stories to tell. So, hopefully, uh, we we do better than that next year, and, and we're giving more guys an opportunity to keep chasing, chasing that professional dream in the NFL. If Turbin had turned left or right, does he score a touchdown? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking he was going so fast, you know, he didn't have the left rudder to kind of get out to the right. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was a little bit of run to darkness on that one. Yeah. I, think he's, I think it's 17, 17 there. If he just kind of goes right a little bit. Yeah. Thank okay. you, Moose. We really appreciate Thank your you. time, man. You got it guys. Take care. All right. There goes Moose Johnston, kind enough to join us. And yes. Jesse, if you don't mind, we'll just carry on Let's do uh, it. for a few more minutes. And I want to tell you, because I didn't before, that we're brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You can't bet on the Cowboys anymore, but I did see today that like the new odds for the winner of the Super Bowl are basically dead even. It's like plus 250, plus 260, plus 270, plus 280. So if you've got a hanker and get up in there, bet online. They got you covered for every sport, all your sports wagering information, live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long, NHL, NBA, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, NFL, betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. It was cool to have Moose. Yeah. I don't appreciate your window closed talk. You don't appreciate that? No, I don't appreciate that. Why don't you appreciate that? That's a serious conversation right there. Because I think their window is open. Because uh, what is like what is the cornerstones of what the Cowboys are doing right now? I feel like it's Dak, CD, Parsons, Diggs. And none okay. of that is leaving. 
my, I guess my one question in terms of window is what does their offensive line look like next year? And that's next a huge year. question. Yeah, right. like Steele will be back, I'm sure, but he won't be there to start the year. McGovern's a free agent. Yep, is Tyron running this thing back? Is Martin running this thing back? Okay, let's stop for a second. Are we seriously bringing Tyron Smith back for another year? Like, are, are, are we not yeah. setting ourselves up for the same thing that has been there for the last four or five years? He's not going to play a full season, Jeff. He's not. He's going to. No, probably not, but I don't know gonna, what else. He's going to miss nine games next year. I just don't know what else you do because he's under contract on a reasonable contract. And if he wants to play, I don't know that somebody would trade for that, at least not much because of how hurt he's been. And so I think it's a dude that you're like, Hey, you're going, well, are you going to, are you going to move Tyler Smith to left tackle and say you're the left tackle at the end? You, you have to, at this point in time, coming into year two, because you don't want to stunt his, like you don't want to continue to stunt his growth. If he's going to be your left tackle for the future. All right. I gave you guys some flexibility this year. Cause I went inside. I went outside, but if I'm going to be your left tackle for the future, then I need to get anchored in. I need to have every single rep and every single opportunity from day one, from day one of trying to get better because he's still in, he's, he's unpolished. And you, you saw that in the game yesterday. He had the holding penalty. I mean, guys, guys still attack him, right? Yeah. Like got, they look at him and go, oh, we can still get something on him. Like we can still yeah. come at him. And I think he needs every opportunity, every single rep, every OTA, every mini camp, every training camp, every single rep at left tackle next year. And, you know, that should be where he stays. And if Tyron, if you want to come back, if you still want to be a part of this football team, then, sir, you're going to have to play the right tackle and learn that very well. And Oh, no, you're going to be playing left guard because Terrence well, Steele's the right tackle. Well, you now become a swing tackle. You've, you you no. got to figure it out. You have to figure it out. If we re-sign Conor McGovern, then guess what, Tyron? You, you're you're now relegated to the bench, bro. Like, appreciate you being here. You your experience, kind of get your coaching game up a little bit. But you're now you now become our swing tackle. Yeah, but I think when you figure out what does that line look like, like if it's Tyler Smith, if you bring back McGovern, Biotish, Martin, and it's Steele the second half of the year, and you have to figure out who the swing tackle is, like – I just don't think a back-to-back 12-win team, I don't think that window is closed unless you think that the team is going to get worse. And who's going to be the biggest loss on this team? Like, they're going to lose Anthony Brown, maybe Leighton Vander Esch. I, I, uh, I, I, think, I think when I look at the window closing, it, it it's you're probably going to lose Dan Quinn, right? That's probably going to be your biggest loss. Yes, that's very possible. And I think I think, I think coaching matters. Right. And and the way that a coach can scheme guys up, that defense believes in Dan Quinn. And and that that isn't to be that isn't to be forsaken. That isn't to be just glossed over because you get a different type of performance from guys that believe in what their coach is coaching them, believe in their coach. And they want to go out there and do everything the way that you ask them to do. And if Dan Quinn leaves, who you, you think about guys like freezing guys, you know, Barr, Vanderesh, Wilson, uh, uh, Brown, all those guys, you know how it goes. Those defensive coordinator leaves, guess what happens? Some of the guys that you had on that other team, they now take with them. They offer them a little bit more money. Oh, well, the guys Cow- trust you, Cow- you act like the Cowboys, the Cowboys are only going to bring back the guys that will play for whatever they offer them out of that group. Right. And, and, I, and I, I think my window closing is more based around this team was – this team, these teams under Dak Prescott have, he's had really good teams with not enough success. And you missed the window when Philly was really bad, New York was really bad, and Washington was really bad. They aren't bad anymore. 
Philly is now the dominant team in the NFC East. Feel however you feel, Dayball is getting the Giants. They're, he's getting the Giants ready. And, you know, I don't know what Kenny Galladay is going to become, but if he figures out a way to come back to something of relevancy, if they trade for a guy like D-Hop uh, and, and they get some weapons around, he and Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley, if Washington somehow, some way, because they have all the pieces. They have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. And I don't, you know, you know, my guy, Sam Howell, that's my dude, UNC Go Heels. I don't think Sam Howell's a dude. I don't. Uh, I don't. But if somehow, somewhere they find a quarterback this offseason via trade or whatever it may be, they have the defense. They have the hogs up front to give you hell. They have Scary Terry. They have uh, uh, Gibson. And they have uh, uh, Robinson. They have players on that team. They're the quarterback away from making some noise. And then you look around the rest of the NFC, there are there are teams that are coming. And you see it every single year. There's a turnover. Five teams out, new five teams in. So there are teams that are going to get better. You know, say what you want. The Lions are coming. And they're coming. Um, I don't. I don't think Green Bay is going to be as bad as they are. They were this year. Next year, they're going to be back in 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 the conversation. Um, who knows what happens in Tampa Bay? Who knows what happens in New Orleans and so on and so forth? But there are a ton of teams. Uh, the Rams are going to. You know, once once Matthew Stafford gets healthy again, they're going to figure it. They're going to figure it out and make themselves contenders. What is in Seattle? They're going to make themselves continuous in Seattle. So uh, I just look at everything that's happening around these teams. These teams have been building for the last couple of years when the Cowboys should have been ascending and really taking advantage of their opportunities. And I think now they're to a place where you start looking around and you're saying, oh, snap, y'all. Like, the other teams that we dominated before, they, they the last two or three years, they built up some draft capital, some guys have talked to come around, and some, some coaches have been there for a while. We now have our hands full, and it, it no longer is a cakewalk. So what you're saying is not that the window is closed, but that there are more windows in the house. You have some other windows pop up for other teams. Yes, their windows are opening up. There are just more windows. Yeah. More and so real the, estate. Is and for the Cowboys, it, it looks, you know, you that franchise is $50 million next year. That's a lot of money. That That's what? I said Dak Prescott is owed $50 million next year. That's all right. Ooh. I'm going to get 10 back off Zeke. Okay. That's hopefully fine. I'm gonna give it to, hopefully I'm going to give it to Pollard, or we're just going to draft two running backs and just have some <laughs> new guys. You got to pay draft picks. You got to try to find some other guys that you're going to sign. We know how we do in free agency. We don't really dive into that pool head first like we knew. We'll wait. We'll wait to the – If they the, don't find a way to get another good receiver in here, I quit. Yeah. Like, I just think about the other team, the teams that are still playing. Like, it is – Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Mm -hmm. It is now Pat Mahomes doesn't even count because he's a cheat code, but it's Travis Kelsey and just a whole bunch of dudes that he'll throw the ball to who the hell ever at any yeah, moment. Yeah, but it's a whole bunch of dudes that run a 4-3 that they actually play and scheme up. <laughs> yeah, so it's Pat Mahomes. Uh, it's A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Who have I not done yet? The Bengals, Chiefs. Oh, the 49ers. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. And they traded for McCaffrey. Right. Well, so like, I didn't want to stop Moose in the middle of an answer, but it's like Shanahan doesn't care who his running back is. And that's why I was like, why the hell did they trade for McCaffrey? Um, but they did. And I guess it's working. It's fine. But they're just it, – teams got weapons. You ain't winning without a bunch of weapons. Put some damn weapons around your quarterback. And I know he's had weapons before, and I know Dak ain't perfect. He played, like, crap in a playoff game. They're gonna, they're gonna go back and try to sign Odell Beckham, right? That's what they're gonna do in the offseason. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and honestly, you look at it, Odell might end up back in New York. 
I don't care where he ends up because I don't think he's going to bring a whole lot. I just wanted him this year for this team if he was healthy because this team had nothing outside of 88. I need something. They're going to sign T.Y. Hilton back for another year as a coach player mentor. And they're going to say Michael Gallup is coming off his second year back from the ACL. He's going to, they're going to trust that. And then they're going to say, Jalen Tolbert, this is his year. And we're going to look for Simi Fahoku and Dennis Houston. All, they're going to look for all those guys to come yep. in and, and, and have this resurgence. And, yep. and we're, going to, we're going to watch free agent receivers come on and off the board. Guys get traded for. We're going to be like, wait a second. Yep. Jerry, if you're guys. serious, Tampa Bay is going to suck. You trade for Mike Evans. DeAndre Hopkins wants to, like, you go get me. Philadelphia went and got A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, they finally just said to themselves, you know what? We're making bad decisions drafting receivers. So instead of picking one, we're going to trade for one who we already know is awesome. You need weapons. And that is not an over-the-top Dak defense. Dak played like poop. Okay? Now, he's still going to be here. So surround him with what you need to to try to have the best performance from your quarterback because he's the most important player. Having him throw to one guy is not going to work. Your number two receiver had zero catches for zero yards. Mm. Even though... Dak missed Gallup on a deep ball where he should have completed it. And if he led CD at six, uh, but do still. you know that, you know that Michael Gallup had more games with zero yards in this season than he had games with 50 or more yards. I mean, I know that he can't get open and hopefully next year he can again, but, and hey, maybe if you finish your comeback route instead of just the DB finishing your comeback route, maybe it's at least incomplete. How about uh, you? Yeah. How about you start? How about you stop as an offensive coordinator because you want you're supposed to be able to watch film and stop saying to yourself, "Hmm, the guy who I know can't start, stop, and start again. Maybe I should stop running him on routes that he has to start, stop, and and and, sh- and start again. Maybe I should just keep running him on goals, posts, slants, speed in, speed outs. How about that?" Find somebody who's fast. I don't think your um, number one wide receiver also has to be your end around receiver, also has to be your deep threat receiver, also has to be your intermediate receiver. How about find me another damn receiver? How about that? Believe in the Dallas Cowboys. How about that? Brought to you by Bet Online. You okay, Jesse? I'm good. Moose was great. I hope you have a great day. Um, and I want to let everybody know that's watching. We appreciate every single one of you. You're amazing. We're really sorry about the Cowboys, but we didn't do it. <laughs> they did. So just remember that. Uh, And remember, you have no idea what anybody's going through, so be cool to everyone. We love you. Bye. Eliminate the contingencies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.